Hello and welcome back to another T-Dab episode. Uh, Armin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It's uh, very nice out. Even though it's, there's snow on the ground. I don't know. There's like it, it snowed a couple nights ago, randomly out of the blue. It's sixty. Okay. But it's nice. It's nice. It's, it's one of the nice big, change. One of the faux springs before the next snow snow around hits. I hear you. I don't have any snow, obviously, but I do know what you mean. Yeah. No, we had a couple of those well. back in uh, early January, because that's how it works in North Carolina. Uh, I, thought I legitimately thought you were about to say December. That yeah, could have been. <laughs> that was more like the late falls that we have. Yeah. <laughs> into the into the fake, the fake springs. It's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. It was like... It was like probably like mid thirties this morning. It went up to like sixty five, and now it's gonna be back down to like mid thirties tonight. Like it's just that range. That's what we hit. That's what we hit. Yeah. All time. Um. Uh, any big life changing events for you? Um. Uh, no. I mean, I'm working on that thesis, which is relevant here because it's a collection of short stories. Um, Fair enough. Begun, started very loosely the process of of thinking about the story. Okay. We'll see how those go. Okay. Aside from that, it's all, it's all cut and dry. Full steam ahead. Nice. Uh, mine's all very more cut and dry. It's just cruising. Um, granted, Armin and I were talking about this earlier, and now I'm addicted to this new video game, guys. That's uh, bad, dude. If anyone knows the game Hunt Showdown, it's an older game too, by the way. It's not like a brand new game or anything. Which, by the way, the new brand brand new game that's out that, that's the, the the new game that's out right now that everyone's raving about and everyone's playing is Hell Divers Two. I'm interested. Oh my man. god! I'm curious. I don't want to get it. It's piqued my interest. It piques my interest of just why? Because it just seems like a larger scale, like the Halo, Halo. I guess. I think that's why people like it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but the hunt showdown, guys. I, I and myself and Red have just been grinding it, um, day and night. It's let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. It's a mixture of Call of Duty Warzone and Monster Hunter. If y'all play Tarkov, it's if y'all play Tarkov, it's very similar to Tarkov. It's Tarkov for Hicks. And it's way more fun because it's <laughs> it's western themed, so your like your firefights are a lot more intense because if you miss your shot, it takes you solid like maybe like a second and a half, maybe two seconds to even get like reloaded and everything. So like you're not able just to like use an AR and just go off on them. To be fair, I don't think a single person that I fought when I joined y'all missed any shot on me. That's the point, you have to get good. I played it for like a half an hour. <laughs> Yeah, that's 32 hours less than I have. <laughs> we got this game a week ago. <laughs> Guys, it's a little bit... Of, it might be a problem that I'm playing as much as I do. I'll tell you how much of a problem it can be. So Friday night, I get off work. I go to the bar and eat some food. I come home. Myself, Red, and my boss, we start to play at 1 a.m. in the morning. Start to play. We finish at 5 <laughs> I go to sleep for two hours. I take my dog to 
the house that I'm dropping her off at for the weekend because I was I had to go to a, this event about two hours away and I was staying there for overnight. So I let my dog stay with these people. And before I decide, and I drop her off, it was like I drop her off eight eight fifteen ish. I get home at eight forty five. I was gonna leave my place at nine thirty. And I, damn it, you're right. I jumped on and played a round, just one round, just to play before I even started wow. driving. It's a wow. fantastic game, guys. I, if you like that style, it is the aesthetic is awesome, and the, the soundtrack so. is great. Like the general, just the ballroom. general vibe of all of it is really dope. If you're if you're into that style of game, like that sort of battle royale, uh, Tarkov esque, it's not a personal favorite of mine. Um, but it is of Chip and Reds, and if you're if you're a fan of that, it, it does have a really awesome thing. And it is so good. You ready for this? I started streaming myself as I play it too. Damn, because I love it so much. And so, like me and my buddy are both stream while we're playing. So Wait, like on go Twitch? find on Twitch. Yeah. Wait, really? Don't yeah. Go find Wait, me at a uh, Chip II six four. On Twitch, I don't have a schedule because I randomly play whenever I feel like it. But go follow oh, me. Yeah, dude. Might some destiny over spring break. Okay, okay. <laughs> but enough about our video games and what we like to yeah, do with video we do games. Have, we do have a book to talk about. We have a book to talk about. <laughs> Maybe not as entertaining. I'm just kidding. Uh, if you guys are following along, we are starting at chapter. 13 we read through chapter 19 um the current situation we're at is will was given the opportunity to be a part of this special task force where he would be able to live go back to redmine and live there uh it would be him holt and horace whenever there is a foreign affair that needs to be dealt with or a you know any anything that's foreign he would they would be sent out to deal with the situation uh, and if you guys are following along, we know in the beginning of this book, Holt is already dealing with this situation that is adapting. Uh, I'm pretty sure Armin just found this happiest moment in his life right now because he just took the sip of something out of his <laughs> freaking tankard and he just closed his eyes and took like the biggest deep breath of all because he just looked like he was so calm. I didn't think you'd notice. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. So for context, Chip and I obviously can see each other. If y'all joined us over in my brother got me a couple of years ago a prancing pony mug, you know, from Lord of the Rings from uh, Bree, that, that first town that they're in. It, it's a full, like, tanker. It's like wooden shit. And so it is my, my tea mug. And so uh, it's a little chilly in here, and I made some tea for, for recording. Because uh, I've been singing all morning, and my voice is a little, a, a little rough. And it's, it's just black tea. But I got the ratio of like honey to tea perfectly. Like that is legitimately one of the best teas I've ever heard. It was awesome. Like it was, it was magnificent. It, it looked and like he just had the notice. best sip of his life. It was. Ever. It legitimately was. I'm about to take another one. Um, sorry. Please continue. <laughs> but where we were was, uh, that's where the situation. So Halt was dealing with what we learned were called the outsiders. They had appeared years before when Gillen was an apprentice, uh, they, they dealt with them then, but they are back. Uh, and that's the current situation we're in. So going into 13, there's not much to say. I love 13, the chapter 13 though, in general. Um, yeah. 
So Jenny, which was one of the orphans that Will was uh, brought up with, uh, she went to, and we talked about him last time, Master Chubb, to be an apprentice in the kitchen. And not only did she explode and become one of the best like students that he's ever had, they were, she was so good that having both of them in the same kitchen just wasn't enough space. So she went out and opened her own inn. Um, and she's the head chef at this inn. And so that's where our setting takes place in chapter 13, where it is, that's this whole scene of, you know, there's Will, there's Alice, Alice, uh, Jenny, and then Pauline comes in, and so does Crowley, and then so does Halt with the dude that he, cap- the prisoner that he captured. Uh, so it, it's it's a really kind of cool scene to kind of bring everyone back together, I thought. It was a way, it was a really unique way, I thought, to kind of bring everyone together again. Um, I, I really enjoyed how Flanagan did the... Uh, the circle gathering as a way to bring all the rangers together and kind of describe kind of a situation that's going on in the book. And then I really love this part where we're kind of taking the two stories, which we have where Holt was dealing with um, on that sea, on the Harbor city uh, and will getting told his new role and how they kind of come together here in Jenny's end, which I think is really cool. I do like Flanagan's emphasis and he does this a lot. Um, and it, which, which is described like everyday scenes, everyday like, gatherings, get-togethers, just stuff like that, dinners, and he focuses on those more everyday ritualistic stuff to show the other side of his like characters' personalities, especially given that we see them a lot in like, combative context, or like problem-solving or going to war, XYZ, espionage, but it is a really good way of rounding out characters to show them, and to make sure that you hit on the points of them doing things. You know, because they are still people, and it might sort of trivialize it a bit, it might make it a bit, you know, sometimes seen as cheesy or seen as not as intense, but it is important to like slow down some sections as well for your reader, because if everything is just go, 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 and you don't have any moments like this in the interim, and then the, your reader will quickly get tired and then guys will start to move, move through things without really True, because uh, I do that a lot. Whenever I read, even whether there are inner rooms or not, I have a I have a bad habit of that. I'm a skim reader. I'm very guilty of it. I know it, but it's okay. Uh, which also, I think you guys actually know that because there are a couple times where I'm like, I remember reading this chapter, but I don't remember retaining this chapter. So sure. it's definitely happened for the podcast, maybe a couple times. <laughs> uh, that's the whole point about chapter 13. They kind of meet at the restaurant. Chapter 14, we go into the actual conversation they're having at the dinner table. Uh, they talk about how, you know, uh, little bits. And the great thing is, I think, I forget who it was, but I think it was Holt where he goes, let's just push aside business till after dinner. So they talk about a little bit more personal stuff, right? They talk about this other dude that's like settling down. Um, and then I think Holt makes a joke about how, you know, maybe Crowley's about to settle down. And we get this little snippet where, you know, we learn that. Crowley did have feelings for Pauline, but he understood the situation that at hand for all of them. So he never, I think he never ventured for them uh, or like kind of went for them, I guess. Uh, we also learn, this is where we get to the more business side. They have their coffee now. Uh, their dinner's over, which I'd assume was phenomenal. Uh, we get to this actual situation. Uh, the situation is uh, there's, the group of the outsiders that are making and taking over uh, 
Hibernia, and Hibernia is constructed of six kingdoms, right? And currently, five of the kingdoms have already been taken over by the outsiders. Um, and the main dude taking over these kingdoms is Tennyson. I'm pronounced that Tennyson. right. Tennyson. Tennyson. Um, he is currently the ruler, and he's more of a behind the scenes. Well, no, let me phrase that. He's more of up front, but he doesn't take the actual throne. He's he's very much the face and the construct. He knows what he's doing. He's you know getting everyone involved, but he never actually takes the throne. But he does have all the power of the throne, basically. Um, and currently, there's one more kingdom that he's trying to take in Hibernia before he sets sail to Uraluan. And that's where they, that's why the outsiders had their small little group go to, um, oh crap, what was the sea city name? Forget the one that Halt was just in. Silas? Silas? Um, uh, no, that's the actual kingdom. I'm talking yeah. about the sea, sea city that Halt was just in. Sorry, and he God. captured the dude. Uh, but that kingdom, or that, that little sea harbor, that's where the outsiders sent a group to try and at least establish a base in Araluen or near Araluen as they're taking over Hibernia so they could just start just one after another of the fiefs, I'm assuming, just take down and you know keep taking over the land. We learned that it, the last kingdom to be taken over is Clomnell, and the title of their book is The Kings of Clomnell. And this title makes a lot more sense when we learn that Halt is from Clomnell. But not only is he from Clomnell, King Ferris, the king of Clomnell, is Halt's brother. Love that review. And okay, so I think that's, that, review. that was such a good one. Because I, I know I did. I even put it in my notes. I said I did not see that coming. Um, and I, I, I love that they, the, the reason that comes up is because they're they're talking about strategies of how to make sure that Clum now doesn't get taken over by the outsiders, right? Because that's the only one that's really hasn't been fully taken over. And they're talking about strategies, and Holt throws out that you know a horse is coming, and we're going to pretend that there's a master swordsman from the east about the situation. And Will's like, "Oh, that's going to be Horace," and and then every and then I think it was Will, it was either Will or Crowley. He goes, "So what is it? Why do you think?" The king and uh, king of Clumnell is going to listen to you. Why do you think King Harris, uh, Ferris is going to listen to you? And he goes, "Oh well, it's my brother," which was definitely a bomb drop. Like, a, like I was not ready for that. There's a really subtle thing that's going on here. Uh, a really, really awesome subtle thing that's going on here that illustrates the point of why structure in your writing, regardless of what type of writing it is, is important. Notice we start the conflict with the outsiders with Hulk being in. Uh, or being on that, that coast of Morella, um, interacting with the outsiders, figuring out what's going on before the others come in and before the main exposition kicks off. So, normally, in a story like this, they would get word, they would hear something about something going on in Ivernia, and then they would go investigate and things would start to be revealed as a pretty laid out chronological pattern. That's pretty normal. However, Halt's connection to Clonmel is being reiterated in the structure of the story. Because he not only is he there first, sharing that connection, figuring out what's going on, and most importantly being recognized by some of the leadership, he is also being isolated in Clonmel. It is just him. 
he's not isolated anymore. He's going to be going back with the others. But, symbolically, Hulk's connection to Clonmel is being isolated by him being there first, him being there alone, and him being there as the start of the conflict instead of the group figuring it out themselves. The structure of this book is revealing the personal struggle and the personal tension that is going to occur between a halt and whatever antagonist shows up. So it's not just it's not just a bomb drop, it's not just a reveal. Structurally, everything about this book leading up to where events are placed, where paragraphs and chapters are placed, is all tying back into what this personal struggle is, which is isolating halt with the Ivernian nobility, which is a really subtle way of doing things and a great, great structural point. And stuff like this is why structure is the most crucial part of the story. How you iterate it is the most important. And you can just see it already in this book, as Arvin has pointed out, why structure is so important. Um, I know personally, I'm very much a A to B to C kind of guy when I like try to write something or like when I try to like describe or reveal things. I'm very much A, B, C. Yep. This is this is almost on the level of in my head like some mystery level, like mystery style writing, right? So you have all these little bits and pieces scattered, put that in quotation marks, but they all do lead to the A, B, C, D. You know, and the difference is, is it has four parts to A, three parts to B, five parts to C, you know, but they all go the same way. You just don't have to get all the pieces together to get there. I think it's really cool, personally. It is. And structurally, this is another really, really subtle thing, because a lot of the finer points of Flanagan's writing, uh, I usually address them as being really minute, really subtle things that you won't notice unless you're looking for. Which, one, uh, I do think Flanagan's writing does develop. I think it is like it, I think it does develop as the time that he writes, not as drastically as Palladies. If you were around for our flights through Allegasia series, but Flanagan's finer points of writing are incredibly subtle and come out in moments like these, where it's either the pacing and how excellent it is. We talked about that a lot at the beginning of this, and now it's sort of faded in the background because it's consistent, or these structural things that just make sense because they flow so well, but you don't realize how effective they are at tying associations together between characters and between settings. So, like, Flanagan's writing, I think, is underrated because it's so easy to read. I've said this a couple times before. Because it's so easy to read and it moves so well, it's rated as, you know, you know it's not that complicated. It, it actually is. It's just woven together in such a not- in such a recognizable and easy to follow way that you just think that it's something. Yeah. Love this. Yeah. Right, we, can, we can move on. Up. My, my right stuff. Yeah. It's, it's hiding in it's a it's a hiding in plain sight of writing. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um Chapter 15, we move on. We, it's, we're at the position where Horace, Halt, and Will are already on the road uh, with the horses. Uh, there's a moment of a uh, back and forth between Halt and Horace uh, in terms of rangers lying and rangers not lying and deceiving and being honorable, uh, which I think was really funny. Yeah. Uh, because Just the callback to book three, when oh. Halt 
lies about the skirts being high. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Hey guys, I did it. What is this? I did it to protect you or something. It was for your own good. That's what it was. Yeah. He's like, it's for your own good. Um, I love it because not only is it, you know, really kind of like, funny to me, like, you know, it's humor, humorous, but I love it also because I didn't even think about it when, until Horace brought it or until Holt brought it up in terms of what he said, I have royalty and Hibernia. Yeah. Right. Like, I didn't even think about that. Um, so I love how both of the play, and I just love Will just being the third wheel, just listening to all this and just interacting and having fun, <laughs> and just yeah. knowing who, like how Halt reacts and everything, and kind of knowing his best friend too at the same time. It just all works out really good. Um, I love how he kind of backtracks too when they are leaving, like all the situations of the goodbyes, right? And Pauline does come up to him, and he's and she is like, "Hey, make sure you look after him. He's not as." young as he thinks he is you know and mm-hmm. i think that's one is really sweet of her but two i think it's even kind of funnier because in will's head he goes if there's anyone to need looking after holds the last on the list which but like because that's i think a lot of times as we watch a mentor get older or whatever right and we're watching that person deteriorate i guess is a good word to use or not be as well you know the not the same abilities the skill sets or the youth to be able to do such things we just always imagine their prime or their you know when they're teaching yeah. us and such so you know here's will still recalling halt and all the stories of halt and the prime in which halt is was in and that is not anymore and that's another sort of broader point when it comes to life it's one of the hardest things in life is to be able to adjust how you see the roles that people in your life play especially if they play really strong ones one of the hardest things is a recognizing if they don't, if they no longer play that role in your life, or b if the role in your life that they do play changes. One of the hardest things is recognizing it and accepting it. And Flanagan like briefly addresses it here in, in regards to to Halt and who's taking care of whom. Yeah, I, I feel like that'll be. I feel like we'll get a call to that later. Um, maybe there's a situation they're in. Maybe there's. I don't know what it is, but I feel like there. I feel like there's going to be some situation where it shows that Holt is not as young as you thought, and Will is going to realize it. You know, he might like. I don't think Holt will ever. I don't think we'll read whenever Holt loses his mind necessarily in terms of not being as smart and quick on his. You know, in terms of a diplomatic sense, but in terms of a physical sense, I could see that being a possibility. In you know this book, the next book, and maybe even book ten depending on how spaced out those times are. Yeah. Um, going to 16, uh, they have to journey by boat. Uh, they're on the sea. We all know how Holt does with the sea. Um, not very well, if you guys don't know, but he uh, he's on the rails, always holding on. His white knuckles, his knuckles are going white from holding on. He's always looking over. The boys know not to mess with him because it's only going to be just an aggressive sneer, like sneered comment back at him if they try to say anything or do anything. Um, they get off and they quickly get to the woods. And the reason for that is, is they don't want the less time people have to see them and observe them, the better, because then they aren't really talked about, right? Um, which is great. Uh, they end up taking the road. Uh, Halt tells them that the road to Club Now is about a week long on horseback. Uh, so they end up, you know, they go and they run into this one town. I think it's in the first day or the second day. 
where they're discussing. Uh, they're trying to get into the town, at least see people. And currently, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a wall that's up. And there are all these weapons being like hoisted up over the wall in a threatening manner. But you can't actually see the people's faces at all. Um, Holt is discussing, com- conversing with this one guy. Uh, and the guy is basically just telling him constantly to, you know, leave. Don't come in. Uh, but Will looks a little bit closer at the wall and he realizes that, you know, these tools and these weapons are being held up not by men only, but by also women and children. Uh, and some of them are holding up two of them at the same time because they're just trying to appear larger than they are. And so when Holt, yeah, when Holt challenges it, or I forget how he does it, but he challenges the dude slightly, not in a, not in a menacing or interrogating way, but he kind of slightly challenges and Holt recognizes a little bit of worry and a little bit of fear that this guy has when discussing. Um, and because they don't really cause any threat to the boys, they will continue on their way. They just want to have an in. Um, and the guy tells them where to go. Uh, but point is, is that as they're leaving, um, they talk about the fear and, and Holt's words were, uh, the fear is the greatest ally of the outsiders, uh, which I think is very powerful as of its own because fear can control and make people do vastly different things. Um, oh, yeah. and I think, you know, there's two types of rulers. I say this phrase lightly. There's two types of rulers, ones who lead by fear and ones who lead by respect. Um, and the point is, is that the outcome is probably the same. But the how people treat you and how it is done are very are vastly different, um, and the environment around in which it occurs is different too. Um, so I just think that's a really interesting fact here because we see how uh, King Duncan runs Araluen and how well respected he is, how loved he is, how much people enjoy him being the king, um, and you know. That is one way of ruling, and that is obviously the ideal way of ruling. But then here the outsiders come, and their ruling is by fear. Uh, and I also take the most simple analogy or simple characters. I take Scar, and I take um, Simba. No, not Simba. Uh, well, I guess Simba does rule with no, people. Res- yeah, Mufasa. Thank you, Mufasa. Right? There's the two rulers in Lion King. Right at the end, one is ruled by fear. Um, and, you know, aggression, I guess. And the other one leads by trying to make sure everyone is taken care of. And so I think yeah. that's, you know, one of those examples where the two types of rulers that there are and very lightly used, you know, there's obviously a lot of other attributes, but the way they become yeah. powerful are usually by those two attributes and characteristics. Um, yeah, we get a so, lot of, it's very, you know, a, a very common theme in a lot of fantasy and fiction, especially with kings and monarchs. But we also get a good insight to the environment uh, as well. Remember, I, I think I've ranted about setting numerous times, but honestly, settings is one of the ones I overlook the most, personally, in my own writing. Okay. When I have ideas, it might be a bit surprising, but when I have my own ideas for, for writing, I often overlook the fact, like, I sort of forget that I haven't really planned out a setting yet. And that the physical features of the environment, like the ground, the plants, the trees, the sky, like how it all feels ties into what happens there. We have good, uh, less 
focused on nature in this particular chapter, but the response from the first town they go to does a good job of like setting the pace for and setting the tone of how all the people are going to interact with them. And on a slightly more subtle point, it also sets up a point of comparison for the reader to begin to judge the characters, if this makes sense, to judge the characters that Halt, Will, and Horace interact with compared to the baseline of fear that we got from our first scene here. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, don't know, I think so. I'm not sure if that came out well. I think so. Yeah, basically, when you establish a new setting, when you establish new people, a new environment, and you know there's tension in it, as readers, we expect certain things, and we're making our own conjectures you know, in our, in our heads as we're interacting with the story. And so, however you kick off the tone, usually in describing the setting, or in describing the first people that you meet in it, you set this baseline for readers to compare the next set of interactions with. And that's how you know you can begin to play with the inclinations of how trustworthy a character is, or how uh, loyal a character is, and, and what they might do. And so, it's another one of those more subtle points. With that first impression, you're not just setting a tone, you're setting a level of expectation as well that you can play with. You can break it, you can keep it, you can add to it, you can play with that expectation after you've established it. Yeah. All right. Fun, fun, excellent hey, points. Hey, we are a, I think we've come from a book podcast to a book and teaching podcast. <laughs> Literary lessons with Armin is what we're going to call it. Just point it out what I see. Hey, all of us enjoy it. We do. I am one of those people who might not retain it, but I enjoy it. I, don't, I mean, hey, you need to give yourself some credit because out of all of my talking, you retained a lot of it when you started fucking writing. Like, I okay, that's true. I so I, I am the very dictionary version of what a guy's mind is like. I, I compartmentalize and file away everything. So nothing ever is actually at the tip of my tongue and ready to talk about until that file needs to be reopened. That's fair. Chip has a mind palace full of file cabinets. Yes. <laughs> and, and which makes me, which I'm going to say this, and I'm very okay with this. It makes me look, especially when we're just talking about random stuff, not the smartest, mainly because I either don't have a file for it or I don't have enough information in the file itself. Yeah. But if I have looked for something or researched something and talked and like listened to something or something of random things, as soon as that topic comes back up and it actually is a conversation, not just like a one-off or like trying to like grab the yeah. information out of the thin air for an example, I usually am pretty, I look pretty smart. So yeah. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. No, that, that is, I think that's accurate to a T. Yeah. Uh, as the guys are thinking about what the next step is and as they're moving to the next town, uh, the appearance of three armed dudes is obviously not ideal, especially if people already have fear, right? Um, yeah. So Holt goes, look, Will, you're going to go in as a minstrel, and you're going to go in there and sing songs, be the bard that you can be, and just play play out the storm, hear what you hear, you know, listen between songs, get gather information. Holt and Horace are going to come in after him, and they're going to 
grab a meal, see what they can also hear from a different table and listen and stuff like that, and then head out. Um, that's the that's the situation there. Uh, I love their little bickering at the end, and I love how there's a moment where Holt just I think he goes I think he goes I I regret making this task force or something like that. Yeah. But we all know that he really doesn't. We all know that he enjoys it yeah. um, and is very happy. Uh, going to chapter seventeen, uh, we're at the point where Horace and Holt are already uh, entering the town uh, to head to the inn called Green Harper, which was told to them. Uh, and there is a great explanation of so Holt um, still has his cloak on, but he says that he's a shepherd. And the guard goes, what, an armed shepherd? And he goes, in this day and age? Heck yeah, why wouldn't I be, right? And the guard kind of like nods because he's like, yeah, that's fair because the situations are all in. So Horace being guard, uh, being still looking like his own personal guard, Holt being there, it just all kind of works together. Uh, they get to the end. Uh, but before they get there, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a moment where they meet a little person. And I'm assuming it's just like a like a I don't know the medical condition but like there's a medical condition where people are just short and I'm trying to find see if I can't find it for you oh too. no you're right yeah you're right I completely forgot about that and it's very short but it's it's very it's it's a little bit where he talks about him okay no no no, no. they don't meet the person it's the insignia of the inn got it it's like a le- okay. like, a le- like a fairy or a leprechaun got it yeah like the little people are like um and, and Irish spoke where they're called the other Oh, okay. Um, and this is actually Irish. Irish was fucking wild. Um, I get recommended Irish to you. The uh, get recommended to you um, the Codex Regius um, for Norse mythology. Um, yes. Recently finished another the other collection of Welsh mythology, which is like mythology on shrooms for the most part. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, we haven't dived in that much to Irish mythology, but. Um, yeah, no, the, the, that was the, the name, uh, the little people or the other. It's like the, the insignia of the Green Harbor, the end of their end. There's not an actual one sitting there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit, okay. <laughs> also, the like, name what? of the condition you're thinking of is dwarfism. Thank um, you. It's, uh, caused by, oh, fuck. This is why I'm a lit major. I'm pretty sure it's a chromosome. Either missing one or an extra one. Um, I said missing. All right, we need to look this up just for medical accuracy. One second. Yeah, fair. Just so I'm not spouting bullshit on the podcast. Um, we spout bullshit all the time. There's nothing yes, new. But not about, like, factual things. You know? Very much about factual things. Um, oh, well, no, I get what you're saying. Never mind. We're pretty no, We try to be pretty factual. This is a medical condition. We should get it right. Um, yeah, sorry. So, dwarfism, it's like skeletal growth, um, different sort of conditions that can cause it. Uh, but no, there, there is not somebody with dwarfism in, in the end. It's, it's the fairy insignia on, on the Okay. Yeah. Uh, I love how Hall goes to, uh, he goes, they have a nasty humor and a and they're very spiteful. Um, in, I'm assuming to the lore is what he's referring to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fairies, particularly in Irish mythology, have a uh, characterization of being like tricksters and practices. Okay. Um, 
as they're going in, uh, they do get into the end. Uh, they slip in between song or as soon as Will starts another song, um, they sit down. The bar pre- person doesn't miss a beat. He sends over a server to send, you know, take care of their orders and everything. Um, and Will is doing great at keeping everyone lively and keeping up uh, the tempo of the room and the atmosphere of singing. Uh, they do gather some information. Uh, they learned that they, uh, well, I, I thought, well, my first note is once they get their food, they're all doing their part. Will is singing along, making sure people are distracted. Holt is gathering information and Horace is keeping his appetite at a full as always. And immediately trying to go for the bread after he's already wiped clean his own bowl of the stew. Uh, but what is they do get some information. Um, they, they, there's a group of three guys in front of them, uh, and they are talking about how Mount Shannon is another town where the religious people are there to help. And um, basically, Mount Shannon isn't in as much fear as this other town. And the reason is because they're a lot larger. Um, the small towns that only have 12 people or so. Uh, especially if you think about it, you know, if you, if one person dies in a small town, they, you know, that's obviously a big deal. One, I'm not saying death in a large town is any less of a big deal, but it's not as there's so many more people. And, and I think in a small town, everyone knows everyone. You go to yeah. a really big city, someone dies, half of them might not even know who that person was. So the, the significance of the death is not as powerful in such large cities. Uh, yeah, towns. Right. Um, exactly. And so, Mount Shannon is able to um, be a little bit less in less than fear. Uh, the guys, the talkers are saying these religious folks, they believe these religious folks are quackers, right? Uh, are just quacking off. Quacks. quacks. Yes, they're just quacks, not quackers. <laughs> the correct term is Quaker. No, no, that, that those have nothing to do with each other. What's a quacker? There's, uh, To my knowledge, there's no such thing as a quacker. Yeah, there's the quack. No, quaker, so I just, quakers quaker is quack. a religious thing. Yes, I, like, I know that. I know the, Quackers and Quakers and Quacks no, have no nothing in common. Yeah, the, the term Quack I do know has that. nothing to do with the Quaker. I do know that. Okay, <laughs> don't worry. Is it true most Quakers are left-handed? The fuck is that a stat? I, I have no idea. Okay, because when I was playing, that Ultimate, sounds like bullshit. It does, but hear me out. When I was playing Ultimate Frisbee in high school. Whenever we played CFS, Carolina Friends School, it was a Quaker school. And for some reason, they always had all lefties, or most of their team was lefties. Really? I highly doubt that has anything actually, like, to relate to one another, because that's all genetic, I think. But I think it's just really funny that that was always, like, that was always the biggest thing. It's like, remember, most of these guys are left-handed. Like, the, for some reason, that was what it was. I don't know if that's, like, provable. Uh, I don't think it is. But I, I, don't, was, I don't think there's a... I don't know if that's, like, a thing, or if that's just... Maybe a coincidence? I'm just saying, I think it was very yeah. coincidental. Yeah. Yeah, that's I really That's do. weird, though. I don't... I always forget, I always forget about Carolina Friends School, not gonna lie. Yeah. Because we never that's played fair. them in anything. I think that was just gone. Yeah, they... Because they're a big school. And yeah, yeah, we we never played them. They had a middle and high school though. Still, it's also a private school. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they actually might have a a grade school. 
No, I think it's just, I think it's just middle and high school. Or they'd have an associate grade school. Maybe. I mean, because I mean, all all the schools in our county had an associate elementary school. Right. I mean, that's yeah. how it was but, set up. But, yeah, anyway, anyway, sorry. We're, point we're, point we're was is that <laughs> the, they were just quacks. These religious people are just quacks. <laughs> yes, that's the whole point, guys. <laughs> Not quackers. They were quacks, as if they were bullshit. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's what the guys are saying. Um, and Holt and Horace are able to slip out again during another song before they're noticed. Uh, so the whole scene was very well done. The boys in chapter 18 get back together discussing the whole situation at which was hit. Uh, what they heard, what they didn't hear, what they resolved to be, what they are figuring out. Um, now, we get a little bit more history of Halt, which I'm really loving and enjoying because yeah. we, because the whole entire series, we feared or not feared, but we learned or we suspect that Holt is just this is just this very closed off, you know, private person. But here we get to finally get to know a little bit about him. What we learn is not only are Ferris and Holt brothers, they're identical twins, and that is why the dude believed that he saw Ferris when he saw Holt. Even though Holt never ever saw that dude, never met that dude before. Which I thought was kind of a cool, another really good little detail that was put in for Flanagan. And every time I read these things, right, especially like in mystery novels and stuff like that, whenever something is revealed in a sense, I kind of feel dumb that I just didn't think about it because these are pretty practical and common things, right? Having an identical twin like if your twins being identical, it's 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 not uncommon, right? Yeah. So, like I just feel like I could have like I should have pieced that together, especially once I knew that they were brothers, right? Like especially like if anything, I like I just every time I read something like that, it just makes me a little bit annoyed that I didn't catch it in the first place. Not gonna lie. To be fair, but I, I never, think I didn't catch it either. But I think that also goes back weird. because I read pretty quickly, and yeah. you yeah. talked about earlier how you just scan things, and you don't retain everything or don't think about it as much, and there it is. I will put up an argument for scan reading. I, I seriously support like, oh, I ironically. I, I, I would put up an argument for scan reading. Being that it one, it makes rereading stuff way more enjoyable. Like and in yeah. fact, when you when you like scan read, rereading stuff is is like infinitely more enjoyable every time you reread it. Because you you're forgot? always you're, no no, because you're always catching things that you didn't catch. True. Like you're always so I would argue that honestly Rereading, being a scanning reader, is more fun than rereading as the opposite. It's maybe not as productive. No, but it's reading. It's for enjoyment, not productive. As a college student, you can't say that. True. That's why, I mean, I pick my battles of when to scan and when not to. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I also but, pick my battles of when to lit chart and when not to. But uh, Yeah, yeah. I read um, most of my shit. It's because I'm an English major. I enjoy what I read. Yeah, I I just read. Fair. I enjoy See, what I read. Yeah. But if See, I don't I'm, enjoy it, I don't read it. Yeah. I'm not out here reading lab reports. Like, I'm reading fiction. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's most of what I'm reading. I'm so it's not bad anyway. Fair. Fair. I'll, I'll go and, like, read a bar book of how to make other drinks. 
<laughs> no, makes that's, sense. That's yeah, that's what I enjoy, right? Like, there we go. Either that or I'll read how to, you know, be better at Hunt Showdown so I can play that. He's got to pick up the YouTube guides. Uh, <laughs> yep, all day long, every day. Just kidding. Uh, Gives you something to do at the bar. Hey, the bar is usually busy for two out of the five hours, eight hours that I'm there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Working a boring but, job is both great and awful. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's, uh, like, my desk, it's like my desk job. <laughs> it's why, like, it's, it's, it's literally the reason why people are like, if I'm just going to sit around, I might as well get paid for it. Exactly. Type mentality. Exactly. Like, that's, that's it. If you go into it with that mentality, it makes it a lot easier to get the, through those hours. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now, the annoying thing is if your boss or management or whatever doesn't allow you to do things Facts. during those hours, that's when it's dumb Facts. and annoying. Yeah. But if you have a boss that's pretty chill, lets you like do whatever while you're waiting and just chilling out, it helps a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, so, we learned not only is their brothers, they're twins, identical, and Holt was born first by seven minutes. And for that, Ferris resented him for his whole entire childhood. So he'd always try, he just, but his parents, Holt's parents, their parents, loved Ferris, and they felt, I don't know if sorry is the right word for it, but they felt bad that Ferris, you know, because Holt was going to be the king, they felt bad, so they gave a lot of attention to Ferris. Um, while Holt was growing up, their, their Ferris is, as his brother, attempting to murder him uh, yeah. and just to take the throne. Um, hence, Holt leaving. There's three occasions, and on the third after the third occasion, Holt literally straight up told Ferris, he's like, look, you're just going to keep on trying to kill me. I can either give up the throne and you could take it, or you, but you're going to feel like you're. I'm going to come after you and you might kill me anyway, or I could leave or, get, or kill you. But have, being a king is not worth killing to me. Obviously, it is to Ferris, but it's not to him. Yeah. So that's how that family split. And that's after, and correct me if I'm wrong, their dad died, so, or their dad was very ill. And so the, the throne was to, the throne was about to be open fairly soon. And that's when yeah. Ferris really got a little bit more aggressive with the acts of murder. Attempting murders of Holt. Uh, obviously, Ferris failed. Um, but at the end of this, that's what we learned. And we split up again a little bit. Will is going to go to Duffy. And Holt and Horace are going to go to Mount Shannon. Um, that's our split at the end of chapter 18. Chapter 19? I really don't have many notes. Um, I do have one or two thoughts on it, but my note says very much he tracks it. He's going to track to the camp. That's the situation. But as he's tracking, uh, he goes to Duffy, I'm pretty sure. Duffy's Ford. Yeah. Say it again? The town's name's Duffy's Ford. Yes, Duffy's Ford. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes to Duffy, and he's, he's and I see every time and any time someone tracks now, I get the image of Aragorn tracking just every single time, especially, you know, oh, in this like kind of sense. You know, exactly. Just like, yeah. yes, yes, just <laughs> yeah. all of it, right? It's like all these things. I always think of like, just like slowly like getting down, looking at it, like everything. I don't know why. I just always do. 
Um, but I see, you know, Will getting off tug and, you know, he's tracking and he realizes that some of these footsteps aren't just men, but they're also children. And then that's when Will, I won't say snaps, but a different feeling of anger comes over him, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and he doesn't even have to track anymore. He goes like, but that's enough for me to see. I'm going to go after these guys. So him and Tug go up and after them. Um, they find a camp that was watered down, which do you know the smell of wet ash? Is that a smell that we would have smelled? I don't think so. I feel like I should I because I'm so. a Boy Scout, but I'm not sure if I ever did. I or if I could or if I could tell it to you. Well I think there might be a bit more context there. I don't know about wet I don't know how wet ash would be different. I wanna I kinda wanna test it now, but if you think all the bonfires and shit, we would have noticed it. You would think. Um I th- I have a different theory though. Um, because in Ireland they often burn peat, which is uh like a it's like a different type of like compressed coal. Um a better description up here. Um so like in, in Ireland there are these things called peat bogs. Um which is like mostly mostly it's like decomposed stuff that accumulates uh in these like lower areas. Um and uh for the yeah, for the most part a lot across a lot of Ireland it's burned as an alternate to wood. Okay. Uh, because um, brief, brief history here. Uh, Ireland used to be a wooded isle. It used to be entirely like forest way back when. And then when the Normans commenced, commenced their uh, encroachment throughout England, um, Normans were this French group uh, that came through um, around, uh, I think it was the 10 hundreds. Uh, they, the Normans were the original like constructors of those big castles and forts. Right. So they uh, were really good at, and very effective at constructing fortified battlements and uh, castles out of wood. And so they essentially deforested both islands entirely. Um, so it's very, especially around, like, if you're getting into, like, 12, 1300s, later medieval times, there's very little firewood to go around. So a lot of Ireland burned slash, I believe they still do, burn peat instead. And okay. so that might be a reference to like peat ash, which I would imagine would smell different than wood ash. I would assume. Um, but I don't know. In general. Okay. I'm tempted to find out. Like, I'm, I'm tempted to see if there's a difference. Right. Because, like, wood ash, like, if you're burning, I mean, see, you're know, around bonfire. Like, that, that smoke smell is fairly sharp, you know? Very. It gets like, all over your clothes and everything, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's also like, it, it, Feels slash smells more like, like stingy, you know. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. Um. So I met like would it be any different? Would it be like, I think more metallic or something. Your guess is as good as mine for sure. Well, next time we have a bonfire. Yeah. Test it. But anyway, point is small small detail that we wasted five minutes on. But cool. Yeah. Point is, Will's tracking. Uh, he has a fire. He knows that they, and he has obviously good analysis of if they made a camp here, their camp's obviously farther, much farther away. Um, he gets to a camp, uh, and try to remember what he saw at the camp. I honestly forgot. Um, I don't think he saw much. Yeah, I think he. I think he just saw the layout of it. Basically, yeah, he just like saw that there were 
on a longer like trail. Yeah. It goes up past the tents. Um, I think we left it off there. Uh, he like identifies the name, the central one, and a guy who uh, walked out too far into the trees. Essentially, right. That and, is a bit out of position. Right, and that's going to use to his advantage. I, I do yeah. recall that. So yeah. I think he's just being a ranger, doing ranger things, man. Just chilling. Yeah, he's he's planning his uh, his next moves there. Right. Um, that's it, guys. Yeah, I specifically didn't leave you on a cliffhanger this time. I thought appreciate I it. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, uh, as always, thank you for joining. Um, yeah, uh, I am still trying to get back into school, and fingers crossed. Once I am in school. We'll keep up with weekly stuff, which shouldn't be hard, but school school, guys. As everyone knows, school school. So there might be a couple times during the finals where both Arvin and I are studying, uh, doing all the fun stuff as students. But yeah. I mean, I find it fun. Fucking weirdo. Academia does suit me very well. Yeah. You tried to resist it for so long, but I it got you. Hard. Ashamed of how well it's. I wouldn't be. I'm not either, but you know, especially yeah. at the time, there's there's a lot of emphasis yeah. growing up on you know getting a real job. Oh yeah, uh, being like those soft fucks to go to college and get that. Yeah, but it it does suit me pretty well. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to go find us, go find us on Twitter. Go find us on uh, Twitter and find us on Twitter. Uh, our email is <laughs> below if you want to go, if you want to reach us. Uh, if you want to reach us in a different way, reach us on Twitter. Uh, oh, randomly, I know it's really random, guys, but leave a review. We always want to hear. Uh, I've got iTunes podcast. We'd love to hear what we can do better. Uh, we have some stuff in the works that hopefully... In the next two months or three months, we'll be able to put out and tell you about. Uh, we're still not 100% sure on the details, so we're going to hold off. But just know that things are growing for us uh, and getting bigger. Um, well, yeah, I think, yeah, that's all I got, Armin. Yeah, just what Chip said. Reach out if you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to chat. Just anything. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the support. Uh, we're happy to field any any interest, any thoughts, anything like that. After that, I don't really have anything else, but thank you as always for listening. Thank you for spending some time with us on whatever day of the week it is for you. And uh, yeah, here we go. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to a Two Dudes and a Book podcast. Creators are Chip and Armin, and our music is done by Oscar Momento. Thank you, and have a great day.